podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. everybody and welcome. It is another episode of the Triple Sub Podcast, Counterpress, the talk show of a sort where we try and find interesting opinions on stuff that's going around Liverpool and general football news. I'm your host, Kay. Let me introduce you to your contestants for this week. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Okay. In corner number one, I've got, uh, he's going to love me, uh, UFB coach, <laughs> license holder and resident sports scientist. <laughs> Welcome again to Simon. I'm sorry, Si, I couldn't resist. A warm welcome to Simon Brandish. How are you, bud? Yes, I'm good. Glad to be on. Always happy to chat with you boys. Excellent. We love to have you on as well, Si. And uh, on the other on the other hand, um, playing Alan Davis this week is going to be uh, Shrikant from our normal triple sub lineup. How are you, Shri? Thank goodness you didn't say the blue corner. I would have slaughtered you. <laughs> I was thinking about that when I said the corners. And I was like, who's going to have the blue one? <laughs> All right, you guys, you know how this works. I'm going to give points based on what new you can bring to the debate. If you make some interesting points, I'm going to give you a, a goal. Let's get started on the topic, one of my favorite topics, of Danny Ings. What do you think about him? How is he floating your boat? Do you think he has a future yet? Does he need to be moved on? He seems to be one of those very divisive figures. Sri, I'll start with you. I think I think the problem is it's in it's very difficult for me to look at him individually because I think his future would also be tied into what we might end up doing with Divock and Clear Firmino is the first choice and with his touch wood is his great fitness record, he's going to play most games if not all. Is going to make an appearance, so it's it's obviously going to be bit part appearances. Would bit part appearances suit Ings? Uh, we have seen him play. The question is, it's it's tough for me to decide whether he's bad because he's played so less, or is it the other way around? He's playing so less because he's bad, and that's where I'm stuck now in between. But I would say, if there's an offer on table, and it's quite clear we had an offer before, if there's an offer on table, I would consider selling. Sai, what's your take on it? Uh, how do you feel he's going to get back? And she's saying that he's not played a lot this season. He hasn't played a lot previously. Do you think he can get back onto the path of sort of what we expected of him when we bought him? Uh, he already is what I expected of him when we bought him. <laughs> um, but uh, what people that are more optimistic hoped he would turn into, and then once once we sign Klopp and, and uh, people see Klopp's magic wand... Um, that they hoped he'd turn into, uh, I'm really, a Batistuta maybe, I'm really not sure. <laughs> uh, I, I see, I see a dude that, uh, that tr- gives his absolute all, tries his absolute hardest, um, is, uh, a brilliant Burnley striker, maybe is a very good Stoke striker, uh, he shouldn't be in a Liverpool squad. And sadly, um, irrelevant of my opinion, uh, Klopp seems to seems to agree, given that he never plays him. 
So we've been through two real patches when he's been fit and we, we Bobby desperately needed a rest or our front three desperately needed a rest. And um, last season, he didn't get used at all. This season, um, he he got used very, very, very sparingly in the games that mattered the least. And um, and even even then, when he seemed to find favour, um, he, he seemed to, for maybe two or three game period, got ahead of uh, Dom Solanke. By, by the end of the season, he'd already dropped back below Dom Solanke again. So... Um, I don't think he has a career with us. Uh, I, I, he seems like a good dude. Please move along. Go go and play for West Brom. Have a great <laughs> career, dude. Jeez, I know. I know. Sure, what you're saying is that you know, if we can upgrade him, then sure, upgrade him. Which I think is a is a great attitude to have towards our squad. But uh... my feeling is, if we don't upgrade him, we've got no chance to win the league. And I'm all about us winning the league. Let's go and win the league. If we don't have a fourth option that is an option, not somebody that happens to wear a Liverpool shirt that says he plays centre forward, that can play if everybody else breaks their legs, an actual option that Klopp will, Klopp trusts, um, will push the other three and drive them to the best form and are interchangeable with the front three, like Phil was, which, which rotates them, gives them adequate rests, keeps them fresh. Um, but as a fourth choice, are we going to get that, Si? I, we don't need a fourth choice. We need another third choice. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do need that. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say that obviously if you're just buying a centre forward, he's never going to get games. The point is what we need is someone who can play all the three positions so that you can keep rotating one of them out and the new guy gets games periodically at least. So what we need is someone who's like, say, 21, 22... Who's okay getting at least 20, 25 games? He could easily, in our season, we play 60, 60, 65 games. He could easily get 20, 25 games. There's, there's enough chance. Obviously, if he's good, he'll get 20 games. He'll surely get, say, three or four. Whether four becomes 10 is obviously in the player's hands. Well, we have, we have enough, we have enough minutes to go around to get three thousand, three and a half thousand minutes. We need a forward that can play three and a half thousand minutes of quality football, mm. not a replacement level just above um, the reserves kind of guy that can that that's uh, the standard of the team completely drops when he's in. An actual um, is a threat, uh, is a name off the bench. Will allow uh, Bobby or or Mo or Mane to start on the bench, which terrifies opposition. That kind of stuff. Three and a half thousand minutes is what we need to fill. Do you think? Do you think, guys, that we're going to be buying anybody to do that? Uh, actually, we're going on to the second question already. Hmm. Maybe we should just put a pin in this one and then continue discussing it as part of the second question. So maybe I'll do that now. For this question, I want to say, okay, Sri, what you're putting forward is like he won't play much. He hasn't played much. I don't see how he can fit into the team, really. And if we can get an upgrade, we can get an upgrade. Cool. Sai, it's just blatantly he's not at this level and uh, you haven't seen much improvement from him. Sai, do you think that, I mean, going forward, slight aside, injury-wise, he's fine and he will be able to find fitness? At a new no, he's, he's going through those two catastrophic injuries. It's going to be really, really hard for him to, to have a full career now without repeated injury. He's Bear in mind that he's still, from, from returning from those injuries, not built up, he's not got like a robust... Um, High chronic load anymore. Mm. He he's still played so instantly. He is he is drip fed into the team. He needs to go and play a full season of two and a half thousand minutes, and then maybe the season afterwards he can build towards three and a half thousand minutes. But he's not going to get the opportunity to do that at Liverpool. He's going to be a sporadic. 
player. So what's going to happen is, like with storage, he's just going to get injured. Yeah, yeah. Now those are great points. Yeah, he, I, he he's someone who could perfectly go and fit at Crystal Palace. Go. They need someone who can at least score <laughs> one goal because Benteke doesn't need, seem intent on scoring anything. No. So if he can <laughs> score one, that's already an improvement. Benteke, uh, just an idea. Benteke missed the most big chances of anybody in the league last season. That's a, that's a wow. That's his job. I mean, and, more and Benteke than up, other people. More Benteke than other strikers. The only thing you do that, like to not do that. That's that's where, where's the value? Oh wow, wow. Oh, I will. Whatever. Thank you, Crystal Palace. Um, <laughs> taking them away. Yeah. All right, I think that's an easy one for me, guys. You both get a goal on that one. That, that that was a nice discussion. Let's move on to what I was alluding to. Let's look at the young strikers we've got in the squad and their roles, what you think is going to happen with them into the future. We've got, obviously, Solanke, who we've seen little uh, drips and drabs of over the last season. Origi, who's been on loan, who hasn't, as I gathered, set anything on fire, but he's done all right. And then we've got this kid, Brewster, who we've just uh, signed to a um, a new contract now. He still sort of seems to be talking about, you know, he, he he's he's sort of looking for his opportunities. He's he's keeping his eyes open and seeing what comes his way. He's not sort of, if I can say, 100% committed to Liverpool in the sense that we like. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. What do you think about these three? Do they, do, who needs to be moved on? Who can stay? Who's got a chance? Sai. I, I think Solanke was trusted more than anybody else last season, but still nowhere near enough. Um, I, I I don't know how much the whole goal thing played into it. Maybe if maybe if uh, if he'd scored in one of the big chances he had early in the mm. season, he would have ended up with ten goals, and we wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, but it didn't, and we are. Um, there are repercussions to these things. The, the psychology plays a huge part. Um, there is potential now he'll never play for us again and he'll go off and play some, somebody else. There is also the possibility that, that he might turn into a, a really good player. Um, he, if you look at the numbers, the numbers are kind of skewed by the fact he plays in a great team and he comes on in the last 15 minutes when we're 3-0 up. So uh, he's been involved in a lot of the fourth and fifth goals. Mm. Um, so it looks like he is, he is a massive XG when a lot of that XG is him missing really big chances. Um, which he missed five really big sitters last season, but that has a really high XG. And when divided by his his six minutes on the pitch, it makes him look like he was fantastic. Um, he works really, really hard. He has a massive capacity, but again, he has a low chronic load, so you can't just drip him in, drop him into the team, and expect him to play a lot because um, he's got no history of of such. I think the most he's ever played is two and a half thousand minutes, which is all right. It's nice. Um, but he is young. I would expect him to go somewhere on loan, to be fair. I, I, I wish wish we had a strategy of, you know, last season we loaned uh, Harry Wilson to, which who's never got a game, so I don't believe he's ever going to be playing for Liverpool, by the way, uh, mm. despite I think he's good. Klopp obviously doesn't see him fitting. Um, how we, we loaned him out to Hull, he dominated in the Championship, was fantastic. I would like to see like a strategy of doing that, and then maybe the next season uh, loaning loaning him to Cardiff or Fulham, or well, yeah, preferably Fulham over Cardiff. One of those teams that plays loosely like us, or Bournemouth, that would be perfect mm, 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 in the Premier League, so they can find their feet in the Premier League and prove that they can do it. Like Lukaku, that would be optimal for me uh, with Solanke, with Harry Wilson, with Woody even. 
Um, Ryan Brewster, Ryan Brewster, uh, I, I'm really not sure about it. He seems to be have all the talent in the world, but um, he is so young. Like the, there is a myth about Klopp and youngsters um, that that he is the greatest developmental coach in the world. He's not great at he's, there is no history to show he is he is great at developing young kids. He's developed two in his career, Goetze and Trent. Trent was thrown in entirely about injury. Um, Klein's injury hmm. was the reason that he got so many minutes this season. Um, so I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying there's no history of him actually doing it. It's, it, it, it's, a, it, it's an urban myth. Um, I think that Brewster, away from the first team and from pushing Bobby being the understudy, which I don't know what the value is in that anyway. He needs to play. Um, and I think he sees that and he probably sees more opportunity going somewhere else. Which is why he was so reluctant to sign his pro contract with us because we'll we'll assign some debilitating fee to him leaving. So I'm not sure how that ends up. I hope he's just brilliant and Klopp uh, and blows Klopp away and gets in the team because he is absolutely lightning. He is like almost Mo Salah fast and he can finish and he he wants to be that guy that that uh, with you know with he wants to be that Ronaldo guy with with his balls on the line in the 89th minute of the World Cup final. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a general, just a general topic there about our youth development. We we've not done superbly well, sort of over the course of uh, you know recent. I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. I, you know, on one thing, if you look at teams that do rely so heavily on youth development nowadays, they don't tend to be, um, in England especially, in that sort of top six-ish category. They seem to be lower. There doesn't seem to be, you know. Like Southampton put so much effort into that and and get new really good youth players out, um, which are strewn across the Premier League now. It, it doesn't seem that way with sort of Liverpool or uh, you know so much with the other teams. Is that something we need to be worried about, really? So I I think um, that all top clubs in the world they they can't put four five six um, kids in the team at. Uh, at the same time, it's very, very, very rare for it to happen. But all the best teams in the world with great youth policies, they make lots of money by uh, making great youth products and, and selling them on, which we've done in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. We've made some very nice money from from our youth pro- youth setup. But if you look at like Juventus or Real Madrid or Barcelona, all of them have got one or two kids through like every couple of years or so. And I, I think we're we're in a similar mold. I think we like to believe we're much better than that because bet because we like to believe that better is that we're producing our own kids. That's better than buying for some reason. That's that's the way fans think. Um, and I think we've produced Trent, which is which is tremendous. If we can manage to produce one more, mm. that's that's really really good odds. In the, in this. Maybe I reckon in a two-year period, if you can produce two first-team players of the quality to play in Champions League um, that go into the rotation and go on to be um, what they look at in, from a youth academy perspective, they, they have targets of, uh, of first-team and then 100-game first-team and then 300-game first-team players. And, and there is like a, a, a hierarchy of reward for, for getting that. Like the if you if a if a youth team director can can make one three hundred first team player, that's pretty much his career. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. 
understand that. That's that's cool. Do you think we so hype up the? They'll the... have one of those. They'll have like three first teamers that they can sell for money. That's yeah. that's the goal. Yeah, and I I think we're doing a really nice job. I, I just think we like to believe that we could that all of our reserves can uh, our eighteen year old reserves are going to be world class players and playing our first team. Yeah, that's my that's my next question. Uh, Shri, do you think we hype up our youth our youth too much? Do you think they just sort of you know, we've got, we've, I remember Suso being huge, Pacheco, remember Pacheco, um, <laughs> there's Woody, uh, you know, I, I would hate for like Woody to have to be moved on after all the hype we've heard about him after like for three years now, or, you know, and so on and so forth. Is that a problem with the fans? Yes, not them. We have heard a lot of names. Adam Phillips, Ryan Kent, Ryan Kent went to Freiburg, didn't get a game at all. Jordan Rossiter. Yes, Jordan Rossiter. There's innumerable number of names. And obviously they are good, but they are good at the level they are playing. Obviously, we there is no guarantee you are good at one level means that you are going to be good at the professional pro level. Then obviously, half the Chelsea youth team should be playing for the first team, but they win every year the FA Youth Cup. Almost are there in the top echelons in terms of when it comes to the UEFA Cups for the youth. But how many play? They don't play. Obviously, one maybe Chelsea won't bled them. That is one part of the argument. But if you are good, you are good. You are good. As C uh, said, Trent is good. He's going to get. Obviously, first he got his break in terms of injury, but obviously he's rewarded Klopp with his form. So obviously he's going to get games. And as he said, the hit rates are going to be minimal. I would say one, one really good player in five years is a huge thing. Obviously, there are so many factors behind it. He has mm. to remain fit. He has to handle pressure. Obviously, if you're at the top club, you're also exposed to Champions League. It's not like you get time to bed in. You're, you just have to be ready when you, when you are thrown in. That, that's the, that's, you could say, the good or the bad part of it, however you want to say. From, from the young guy's point of view, it's not great. Obviously, he's thrown in. A, but few do make it. And one in five years is going to be a great hatred. We have got Trent. Uh, I, I actually thought, for example, Adam Phillips would be great. Obviously, we don't even hear his name now. So, it's going to happen. They, they look great in youth games. But the point is, they are playing at that level. Mm. Great at youth level doesn't mean anything at all how they are going to make it. We have seen far less talented players make it. I, I think one. I, I think one common denominator in this is that it, you look at the size of the player. So uh, Klopp likes big boys, big, mm. huge, giant boys that are fast. And our youth players, they're very technical. Um, they've historically been very technical. We've got Suso, who is a, a very technical guy, um, who has gone on. He was too short. Brandon never really gave him a chance. Um, and he's gone on, he's, he's one of the top 20 attacking midfielders in Europe. Um, he is good enough to be in our rotation without doubt. If you look Do at you have t- anything on Luis Alberto, Woody who's small. We've got Phil, uh, Wilson who also small. So if they, if they happen to be Gruwich's size, I think there's a chance that they can get in our team. And he's at the World Cup. Hmm. Uh, so uh, we can easily, we've got a really, so I, I think the separator in youth academies is that, is that the best, our best player, the difference between our best player and our worst player is small in that team, which means our team is fairly successful and it, and it wins leagues or is up near the top of leagues, which makes headlines. And we have goal scorers that score a lot of goals because of that, because we dominate leagues, right? Which makes us believe that if they're dominating the youth league, that they must go on to be great players. But City have had this, Arsenal have had this, Chelsea have had this. None of uh, Arsenal are the only ones that end up with uh, with those youth players in the first team. 
and and look what's happened to them since that since it became a thing with them putting their you like Wobi playing a Wobi no matter what. Yeah, but then, but then you you feel sort of like they've tried to do that to save on transfer fees a little bit, kind of thing. Well, almost, you know, they did. So they could pay for the stadium, which is fully paid off now. Yeah, but it's also become a, a philosophical point with. You're right. Yeah, Wenger, he he creates. So I think there's a little bit of he believed his own hype in the in the the, the thing we talk about clock, which is is a slight worry that the great developer. So. Um, Wenger ended up, he had nothing else because of the constraints that were put on him about the stadium. He couldn't buy in, so he just developed. And because of Anelka, because of Cesc Fabregas, um, the world believed that he was this great developer of talent. And, and it's basically what he put his hat on. And in the end, he couldn't do it because it's almost impossible to have a top four team that's primarily made out of, uh, of youth talent. It's really, really, really hard to get a kid that's good enough to play in a Champions League um, mm-hmm. team from, from 18. It's really, really, really hard. They have to be properly special. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for that, lads. Uh, si, I'm going to let you finish up on Divock Origi and what you think he's going to do for us. Is he going to come back for us? And then I'll let Sri have his uh, say on the question. Uh, I like Divi. He, he was one of those special kids that got to the World Cup at 18. And looked like he was, he got the world alight, but you've also seen many of these kids. I don't know how you guys, you guys are kids still, so you won't remember like Neil Lamptey or, um, I'm not going to go Freddie Adu, but cause that was all hype. But you get, you get these young kids that just blow themselves out, that play too early, that, that get ruined psychologically by moving away to, uh, moving, moving from countries too early and, and getting in the wrong position, uh, within their, their new club, their new city. And uh, I, I really hope he's not ruined his career, but I think I probably believe that he has. Shri, what do you think about that? I think one point I'm going to bring up is what she said earlier in terms of the clubs, uh, at least the image of building young talent. I would say the age group is quite critical. Klopp is great when you're with, maybe she will have the numbers, but I would think he's great. 23, yeah, I was going to say 22. Around with Kagawa, Gotse, Royce, Lewandowski, all except Gotse, I would say. Or is the, is, is his wheelhouse. Yeah. So I would say 22. So looking at these three, obviously Brewster is very young, Solanke is 20. Oregi is kind of his age group, you could argue, but the point is he's regressed the most. Solanke, we don't know how much he's regressed because we have seen so less of him. And I don't know, Solanke for, till he scored that goal almost reminded me of uh, Stuart Downing. The wow. goal, which almost was, remember yes. the day one he he makes that run and hits the crossbar, yes, and yes. then nothing ever happened to him again. It almost reminded me of him till he at least scored that goal. So for me, Solanke, I would say loan, sell Origi and Brewster. Obviously, he's signing a deal. I'm assuming he will have some clauses put in. So I would say Brewster would stay. And yeah, if, if, if we take this to, to, to tactics, right, apply it to our specific squad, because I think there is timing involved in, in um, uh, a player's career path. I think Divi is a victim of timing, very much. I, I think a lot of players are, are in this case. The Divi would be a great Chelsea striker, but he can't be a great Liverpool striker under clock. Because the things required in a Liverpool team, particularly under Klopp, are very different and they aren't the attributes that he possesses. 
that come naturally to him. Yeah. I think Solanke possibly is more, more suited to this, but I don't think he has the absolute quality. And, and in fairness, I'm not entirely sure that, uh, Ryan Brewster, um, has, has that machine-like robustness that, that, uh, that Klopp needs. So it doesn't mean either of them are going to be bad players. They might leave and go on to have great, great, great careers, but, um, I'm not sure all players are suited to playing in everybody's system. And some players are definitely more suited to, to some formations, some, some tactical styles than others. Um, and, and the physical demands we, do you know what? Not just physical, the phys, the cognitive demands that Klopp dem- um, imposes on his players, the, uh, understanding, it's almost like, uh, American football. I don't know if you know about American football at all, but the playbooks that, that these, um, uh, ill-educated, uh, from the hood boys to learn by rote, basically the mm. 400 pages they have to know every nuance of so that they could, uh, they could, uh, recall at any single moment during a game. And, and Klopp has very much along those lines, that kind of tactical, um, thing. So, so at any point in the game, if, if player X is here, uh, with the ball, then player Y needs to be here, player Z needs to be there. But then if the opposition player moves six feet this way, then it creates a whole nother um, tactical constraint that they have to uh, react to and a, t- a tactical challenge that they have to react to and understand and be able to unlock. And that's quite a significant cognitive load. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's a, an intelligence um, factor uh, at play with Liverpool, with, with clock teams. Um, that that isn't necessarily uh, at play with with other clubs that that uh, might have a more basic tactical um, component which relies more upon instinct and footballing guile rather than um, chess like tactical play. Yeah, yeah, and a, a lot of the time, if to go back to the Ings point as well, his energy and stuff. I mean, it's great, but he he doesn't. Uh, that may be the reason. He doesn't always ever seem to fit in to what's sort of happening around him. He doesn't seem to. And that's why he looks like he never makes anything better is because he's not fitting into to what's going on. I think it's been a big eye-opener at the World Cup. Like, So, for example, Messi not doing as well with Bar- with Argentina relative to Barcelona. Uh, Mo Salah not scoring like a billion goals. Um, well, not scoring as freely, let's say, as he does with Liverpool, with Egypt. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, it's different, totally different situations. You can't yeah. just expect every single player to perform every single time. Somebody told me today, oh, Argentina has really good players. Why don't they just work out the tactics between themselves? And uh, I didn't know where to start with that one. But <laughs> well, you know, with Argentina, it's a perfect example, right? You've got, you've got all, name all of their great players. Aguero, <laughs> Di Maria, if you go into um, Higuain, Dybala, Messi, Anybody else? Mash. He's not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. It, no, five no, years. No. It, five years ago. Oh, you mean was, right now? You mean right now? Yeah, no, ago. no. We're talking about yeah, that yeah, advanced-ish positions. Yeah. Yeah. Completely different performance. So you've got those five players. Messi is the deepest of those. Who gets Messi the ball? Mm. So if you look at if you look at the uh, passing maps, right? The um, the biggest. So the, all those those useless boys at the back, they get the ball a lot. And the biggest active contributor is is Messi 
to Aguero, right? You, the biggest passing map is Mascarano t- to Messi, but that means that Mascarano, uh, that Messi is close to Mascarano, and that's not a good thing. Yes. Because that's right in the middle of midfield. So what's he going to do from the middle of midfield when he's got eight or nine players in front of him between between him and the goal? That's that's an almost insurmountable. You're ex, you're hoping for Maradona-like goal, yeah. Every single time, play. yeah. Every single time. That's his only alternative because nobody else behind Messi is any good. So get they can't get him the ball either quick enough or in a position where he's got he's got options in front of him or space to find those options. So I'm not I'm obfuscating Messi of of form or because I'm not making any judgment of his form at all. I think it's been grossly over exaggerated as has Ronaldo's brilliant form. But um, I, there are there are definitely uh, different constraints to playing against Mar- uh, playing for Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. Somebody who has caused the division. Actually, let's let's put a let's put a, a, a finality to that question uh, on the young strikers. You both raised some excellent, excellent points. Um, I do think that it is time for Ings uh, to leave from the previous question. Brewster has to stay just because he signed the contract. I don't know what we can do there. Uh, probably good for us in the in the longer run. Solanke looks like he could use a loan. Origi is the there's another just big question. I think it might be time for him to just move on, as you guys are saying. But uh, I, I like the input there, guys. A, a goal each. Um, as the previous question. Let's move on to the final one now and let's see if we can get out of this. I've tried to, be, uh, as I've spoken to you before the part, I've been, I've been trying to get a face of going on this for a very, very long time, but let's discuss it here in some nuance. The question of Jordan Henderson. So Steven Gerrard has come out and obviously praised Jordan Henderson. He seems to divide a lot, either his shit or his uh, this, uh, sort of ideal captain in his place. What do you think of that? Do you think he has, especially with the recruits that we've gotten in what's his role in the squad how many minutes do you think plays uh all those kinds of things Sri, i'll let you go first on this one i think i think the first few things i would say is obvious obviously people who are saying he's nine out of ten most games are wrong people are saying he's two out of ten most games are wrong he's he's what you would say a seven out of ten mostly or a six out of ten and that's where i think the most you come lots of people don't even think he's a six for a 7 out of 10 most games, people would say he's a 4 out of 10 most games. And that's where the whole thing is. Obviously, the people who think he has, he's 6 try to project that he's a 9. Well, obviously, it has to be counterbalanced, right? So people who think he's actually a 6 have to place him at minus 1, literally, to counterbalance that argument. And that's where it is going. It's not actually debating the whole thing. It's almost like counterbalancing the arguments. And that's uh, unfortunately, that's where he's headed into. Obviously, there are merits to his game. Obviously. People rate him, whether you like it or not, there are some people rate him, Klopp seems to play him when you, obviously maybe we will know this season whether he played him because he, there wasn't anyone else he could fit in. Obviously we saw Genie play number six few games and we saw Genie was quite good. He, he was actually visible in the game when he played in the number six position. So obviously that's a fit, but we'll know clearly. And I think Henderson is at that fitness level that we'll have to consistently manage him through the season. So there was anyway no argument that he's going to play every game. Obviously, he'll, he's one of the candidates who is going to be rotated in and out. So there is an argument that he's going, again, we are going to play 60, 65 games with that intensity. Obviously, there is enough chances for everyone to play. I think the whole debate has just been blown up because nobody wants to say he's a 7 out of 10 most game. It's either a 9 or a minus 1. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, do you, do you think... 
how how many games do you think he, he plays? I, I don't. I'm not looking for a specific number. Just in terms of, do you think he plays a lot, like significantly lower number of games? Do you think he, he sort of basically drops to the bench in effect, or do you think there's going to be a lot more of that rotation happening that Jurgen Klopp is? I think I think he's he's going to play a lot more in the initial part of the season. That's what I would put it up to. Say till September, October, at least he's going to get a lot of games. I wouldn't rule out an injury because he seems to get this injuries where he is out for six, seven games, and that is the period I think he might come back and then might not immediately get onto the games, or there'll be a cup game where he'll be playing. So I would say overall, I would say he would still easily play 35 odd games, 35. That's the number I would say he would definitely end up in 35 to 40 games, provided he doesn't get injured. All right, all right. You agree with that, Simon? Uh, he played 37 this season. Uh, just reference, we had 57 games this season, right? And 57 is quite a lot, given we got to a Champions League final. Yeah. So 65, 65 is very, very, very unlikely. Um, he, he, he started 77% of, uh, all, ga- all games that we had this season, which is, um, good, bad, don't know. It's quite a lot. Um, Emre started six, uh, 81%, right? Um, but then Phil, also started 82% of all games he was available for. We're missing those two players for next season. We've replaced them with Fabinho and Keita, right? So if Fabinho and Keita come in and play play really well and play 82% of all games, then Hendo's, we still need 77% from Hendo. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So we can, we can reach that he's not going to play because we've got other two other guys, but we already had two guys last season that played mm. a significant number of minutes. We actually haven't spread the minutes out any more than we need to, and I actually believe we need to buy somebody else. Mm. I I always believe we had somebody else to buy. On top of this, on top of those minutes uh, that we've we've just swapped, basically, we now don't have Ox either. So there's even more minutes available. Hendo's going to play a lot. Mm. We, we, he's just going to be captain. Hendo's going to play a lot. I don't think you can really, you're barely even going to notice the difference. That would be my so, feeling. See, see, there's a, a question here. So Ox didn't play a lot of minutes in the first half, obviously, till he was in. Do you see Lalana taking up those minutes? Yeah, Lalana could, could supposedly take up those minutes because somebody has to. <laughs> That's the bottom line. <laughs> So, so Ox basically replaced Phil when Phil left. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. Lalana's Lalana's going to play because however you feel about him, Klopp likes him. Klopp doesn't lie, like blatantly lie repeatedly for two years, um, and and he likes him. He just does. So he's going to play a lot. Um, I, I just think you're going to get, uh, of starts, you're probably going to get about 65% from Lalana. You're going to get 75% from Hendo or between 75 and 85, depending on how well, uh, the other two do when they settle in. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How I, like, do you, do you think this is, that's optimal side? Are you looking at that going like, that's what I want for Liverpool to challenge for, for, for the title? What both both quality, both quality and fitness wise. Yeah, if you look at the front three, we got 93, 92, and 88% of all, all games started. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to see, I want to see that 85, 85, 85. That, that al- allows freshness. That, that then affords Bobby to have, uh, that six game period where he doesn't con- 
contribute a goal or an assist mm. to sit down and, and be replaced by a lad that does. And so, yeah, I, I, I absolutely like to see that rotation. I would like to see 85, 85, 85, or even 80, 80, 80, 80, 80 between mm. six midfielders. Um, and that one of which can go into the front three or we can play, play a slightly different four. Um, and, uh, unless, but unless, uh, Van Alden hits the kind of form that he hit in the previous season for bits of the previous season, I would like to see his time reduced. Um, because he was fairly poor for a large part of the season last year, and I would like Fabinho to replace that. I, I would much rather have Hendo six or seven than um, than Van Alden's three. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I mean, Ginny could also even for some of the game supplement that front three because he was. If, if we could sort of get him working to what he was doing in Newcastle again, which uh, yeah. Klopp no, hasn't. That, that, that's its potential. In Championship Manager, absolutely. But li- uh, like, I, I just like to use the evidence before my eyes, and Klopp has never used them there. He's yeah, played he's once, never. Played yeah, once, never. front three. Mm. And, and, he, and, and the problem is, he doesn't look like a threat ever. So don't do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's insane to play Vinaldo there. It's insane to play Lallana there. Neither of them look like a threat. That thing I talked about with uh, Brewster, Brewster wanting to be that guy in the 89th minute of the World Cup final. Neither of those two want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 and this is, but this is like a little bit, I mean, the, the problem we're seeing with, with our midfield sort of currently, and that's if we, if we discount the two new recruits, is the same thing I, I, I sort of have a, an issue with, with Henderson. To go back to what you were saying, Shri, I think that people are looking for different things in our midfield, and Henderson does some things really well, and other things really not well. And I don't think it's, it's all just, you can all just put it on Henderson. I don't think our midfield unit supplies the things very well. So, I mean, one, uh, from what I can sort of gather, our midfield unit sort of transitions really well, it presses really well, etc. But it doesn't always control games like you wanted to. It w- I do think we were getting better as we were getting uh, later in the season, especially defensively. Um, but w- when it came up against good opposition and to hold the own, I, I, I don't know how many times the, the midfield last season could do that really. So it was it was a case of there were some things that our midfield was doing sort of seven, eight out of ten, and some things our midfield was doing like four or five out of ten. And if I think if we split it that way and and have horses for courses type of thing. This is what we need in this game. These are the people that are going to deliver. This is what we need in this game. These are the people that deliver and have enough players to be able to rotate and get that down. That'll be that'll be cooler. Um do either of you think, like, I mean, some people are calling for Henderson to leave and, uh, you know, entirely. I think, sure, that's what you would, you know, the two out of ten minus one out of ten people. Is that vaguely a possibility? Zero, I would say. And yeah. for you, sir? Yeah, zero. Yeah. Absolute garbage. The, I hate the whole, I always hated the whole, uh, Henderson Chan debate. Um, I hate that Chan's left. Uh, this zero chance our captain's leaving. He is going to, he is not getting replaced by Van Dyke. He is Liverpool's captain. He might be Liverpool's captain in three years' time. I think there's more chance he's Liverpool's captain in three years' time than there is that than there is him leaving this season. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing we haven't spoken about with Hendo is uh, he does seem to be for the club on many levels just a really good captain. You know, to to present that role to new players, to players need anything in the squad. 
um, on field and, you know, all that type of stuff. He does seem to be fulfilling that role really well. And you don't need one person to supply everything in captaincy. That's no. why you have a lot of people who can lead. They can all do different things. But, you know, I mean, for what it's worth, I think Henderson, in his role as captain, to do a lot of the off-field stuff, I think he's been absolutely brilliant. Uh, and that's before we talk about the on-field stuff, which I think he's been fine at, captaincy-wise. I think I think even we've we've discussed on on uh, a pod together last year about captaincy and my beliefs in captaincy, and I think it's mm. greatly over exaggerated. I yeah. I, I yeah. think the same. It's garbage. Like we we um, align in England traits of captaincy with le- and leadership with com- competitiveness. Yeah, and I, I don't think the captain drives how competitive your team is. I think you recruit players that are innately that innately hate to lose and have to win. I think that has to come. That spark has to be in, in all the players that we have. It doesn't come from somebody shouting at you. Um, I, I want the captain on the pitch just to remind players of the role that Klopp has told them to. Exactly, that's the role of leadership. That's that's yeah. What, and yeah. I, I I want him to to if anything if anybody has to forsake himself for the team I want that guy doing it so so if uh, f- four years ago if uh, Glenn Johnson had pulled down um, uh, Denver Bar for for a red card it was actually at Crystal Palace um, when he let a lad run straight past him on the halfway line and he could have just legged him up and he would have taken a yellow maybe a red but it would have been a yellow the right choice. But like strategic fouling, that's what I want our captain to be doing. Um, but the actual, like the role of captain of Liverpool Football Club is, is really, it's, it's a, it's a welcoming to the, to the club. It's really like, um, a pastoral role. It's, it's like being the head of a house of a private school. And, and uh, Hendo seems to do that stuff really, really well. It's head boy. It, exactly head boy. It's that's head exactly boy. And he is. is- Brilliant. I, I, I really like that Hendo can do all that stuff and that we have yeah. something at the club. Like, that's all cool. But uh, like, on my thoughts on captaincy, to give you like a thumb, like a heuristic of it, it's sort of like, if you are relying on one person when you are in trouble to, you know, absolutely dominate what you're doing and, and, and to, then you've got real, real problems in the captaincy then. If it's one person who's standing there and just doing that, of course, that person is more he has more responsibility because they are the captain. That's what leadership is. But like, if it's one per, if you're relying on one person to dig you out of a grave, then you have a problem, you know? So, I mean, that's it. But yeah. But guys, look, we have run out of time and it's been really, the, the, really the, good. Discussion. The only last bit I would add yeah. K is that K is that we are talking about captain because we need to have one. That's about it. That's about Otherwise, it. Otherwise it's, it, it's irrelevant. There's nobody stopping you from coming. The back line is going to be commanded by. Say Van Dyke. Nobody's saying Henderson is captain. He cannot. Each yeah. guy handles the leadership comes from within. It's like you cannot control it. If you, if you're a marshal, if you're going to marshal your men, you're going to do it. You don't need to be a captain to do it. You don't have to be John Terry to be a captain. And, and in a changing room, the, the leaders will always be the, the guys that comes before whether they're wearing our man or not. Mm. Mm. And I think, I think if, if you've got Virgil Van Dyke and he's saying something about how to do things defensively. I cannot in any way, shape or form think like Jordan Henderson's looking at him saying, oh, he, that, that makes sense. I'm going to overrule it. You know, like, <laughs> you, <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> but guys, thank He's you so much. He's not going to say pass Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh Shri. <laughs> we were doing so well. Um, 
No, brilliant. I think we can certainly, as far as scores are concerned, I think everyone agrees it's been a really good discussion and everybody can end up all square. If you have anything different, you can hit us on feedback on Twitter or wherever, uh, on Facebook as well to, to give your thoughts. I'm going to let you guys do some plugs now. Sai, you got anything going? Uh, no. If you can, if you listen to this stuff, you really should give AI, AI Pro a go. But apart from that, life is good. Nice. And for you, Shri? Same AI Pro. Listening, there's enough stuff for you every day. Cool, cool. So I, I don't need to plug AI Pro. It's, it's had twice now. But yeah, it's we'll try. Free week offer as well. So, you know, give it a go. There's loads of good stuff. Oh, no, there, there is a thing to listen to. Uh, the, con- uh, the fatigue index cover, uh, concussion pod. Everybody should listen to that. Because there's still so much nonsense being spouted on Twitter about that. Like, come on. Damn, yeah. man. Jeez. Literally the expert in the whole world is talking about it. I would say it's, it's also sad that... I would say it's sad that concussion has almost become a joke now. Like, Caballero yeah. lets a goal and uh, he must have been concussed. Yeah. It's become a joke. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and with that, what we're going to try and do, we're going to get a couple more counter presses out uh, in the off season. We're going to try and do this uh, periodically so that, you, you know, you've got this content coming. And we sort of love this format as well. Let us talk about things. So hopefully next week we will be seeing you same time, same place. And uh, we'll see what points we can reward out then. Until then, thanks very much, guys. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Network.